Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... The Flavor Equation by Nick Sharma. Hi, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> Have oh. you met my friend Tom? <laughs> Mr. Tom Collins. Mr. Collins. Yes. Nice to meet you, Mr. Collins. He's strong. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books, episode 38. Whoa. Yeah. Um... Taking a little break. It's summer. Yeah, we're we're being lazy. Yes. <laughs> so we're we're living our post-vax life. Hey, we made it about thirty some episodes of uh, weekly podcast goodness before we kind of slacked off. Right. So we deserve it. But we're back now. Yeah. Um. So welcome. Um. Few housekeeping things per usual. If you go to our store tab on our website, which is wecookbooks.com, that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And from there, you'll see a list of kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as our favorite cookbooks that we've featured on our Cooking the Books Instagram. And if you make a purchase using either of those links, it won't cost you anything more we get a little bit in return. It's a great way to support what we're doing here while uh, getting a little something for yourself. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. I just totally zoned out during that whole thing. I'm used to, <laughs> to that. To me, it sounded like Muppet. It was like wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I'm used to that from you. <laughs> no, I, I'm a very good listener. He's lying. Oh, what was that you're saying? <laughs> Hey, uh, what are we currently working on? Uh, right now, we are working on Everyday Dinners by Jessica Merchant. And we are coming up close to the end of it. Yeah, we kind of flew through that one. Mm-hmm. Um, on the surface, it might not we might not seem like the target demographic for the book because it deals with kind of meal prep and planning for busy families. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what... I was most impressed by when I took that initial page through was all the uh, plant-based dinners. And so we kind of leaned heavily into that. And uh, that brings us to what we're uh, having tonight for dinner. We are having cauliflower or orange cauliflower, which is kind of like a a take on orange chicken. Yep. Um, It's served with rice and coconut rice. Coconut rice. Yep. Made with a little bit of coconut water and coconut milk. And then we're going to we're going to ruin the plant-based angle of it and grill up some chicken thighs on the grill just yeah. to make it a little more substantial we had a few on hand so. sorry not sorry <laughs> <laughs> bok, bok. oh hey what are we working on next um the next book we are diving into is called everybody's table by gregory garday and um if that name doesn't sound familiar to you the face definitely will be familiar he was on top chef yep um He's adorable. He was one of my favorite contestants of his season. Yeah. Um, And his is also kind of focused on, uh, I guess it's not strictly plant-based, but there's certainly a a fair share of those type of recipes in there. It's more healthful, mindful eating. Yeah. So so that's going to be a good one. Yes. God, our neighbors are partying out there. We're recording this on Memorial Day weekend, (laughs) and and they're, they're smoking something that smells delicious. I know. And then there's a lot of revelry going on over there. Maybe uh, I should bring my Tom Collins over there and just <laughs> Be like, invite hey guys. myself to the party. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? You know, 
Party hey, started. I have something we can talk about. Okay. Shishito peppers. Yes. <laughs> I know hey, so, exactly where so you're now, going with this one. You know, for anyone who's unfamiliar, they're generally pretty mild in heat. Mm-hmm. Um, probably akin to like a bell pepper in, right. in like spice level. But you get like the occasional one in ten that's hot as hell's furnace yes and we had a batch the other day for lunch and i swear like every other one was like burning my face off (laughs) the first one i bit into um i was just like holy shit (laughs) and then i just kept getting hot one it was like some joker knew which ones were hot and put them all in the same bag (laughs) and i'm unaware of uh, any way that you can tell which ones are hot and which ones aren't without actually just biting into it which kind of makes it like a little like it's like a game of whack-a-mole or russian roulette (laughs) 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 and i swear it's not fun though when like every single one that you're biting into is like Blazing. Well, I know. Oh, speaking of hot, we finally tried uh, Takis for the first time. Yeah. The <laughs> um, kids seem to love them. Yeah. I it's mean, kind of an alternative to Flamin' Hot Cheetos, although you said they're kind of like Doritos. It's more, like, like a Flaming Hot Dorito because it is made out of a tortilla chip, but everyone like compares them to Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan. Personally, I can only eat like one or two because aside from being very spicy, there's also a ton of citric acid on them, too. Yes. So it just like destroys your mouth. Yeah. I, I love them, but I can only eat a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And uh, can we talk jalapenos? When did they not become spicy? If because I hear you complain about this one more time. <laughs> welcome to Spice Talk with Johnny and Victoria. All right. But yeah, the... They, no, they're not God spicy anymore. We can throw some of those shishitos in there right? as a substitute because, <laughs> God damn, those things are spicy. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, wait. And, hold on. One yeah, more thing. Yeah. Over the over over our little break, um, Mr. Balmer here turned nifty 50. Thank you. Thank you very much. Woo. So we... We went out to a nice little dinner. Yeah, we did. We, you know, we're we're both fully vaxxed, and so that we can actually return to restaurant dining. We had we went out and had a rooftop beer. Yeah. Uh, one day, and then we went to this place called the Duck Inn for Johnny's dinner. Yeah, if you guys are in Chicago, do yourself a favor and visit Duck Inn. It's a little out of the way, but it is super worth it. And they have this thing where you can get uh, uh you have to order it ahead of time, but it's a whole duck it's um they i believe they braise the legs and sear the the breast and then it's also served with a duck jus and some potatoes and some kale oh it's delicious it's impressive it's an impressive presentation Mm -hmm. too and they have great cocktails um yeah highly recommended duck in and All then right. I and wait and the, oh, and and then I have to brag about the cake that I made you. Oh, you should. <laughs> that cake was we still have some in the freezer, but man, it was amazing. I made this really beautiful. It was a okay. I know, and I know it doesn't sound very like a birthday celebration. It was a bunt cake, but it was a chocolate bourbon soaked bunt cake. And then I had... I mean, that screams celebratory to me. <laughs> and it was. Like, there was a lot of bourbon in it, yeah, too. Yeah, and then I had... Um, I put a... Oh, 
I forgot to turn my phone my phone How sundown. Unprof- uh, we're running a professional operation well, clearly here. Clearly we're not. Come on now. Clearly we're not. Um, and then I put a chocolate ganache on there and a bourbon caramel. Yeah, and it, it was, was great. the bomb. And, and and because it's just the two of us and we're trying to be healthy, we've got plenty in the freezer yep. for the occasional indulgence. Yep. We cut it into pieces. Yep. Stuck it in the freezer. All right. All right. Okay. Now I will let you get to what you were saying. Oh no! I'm, I, <laughs> I keep we should probably move you. on to the actual show topic okay. instead of this like you know random rambling that we're doing, right? Which is highly entertaining, but we we, we got to stick to the script. So today's <laughs> show topic, we put this out to people on social media. I think there might have been some confusion. I think so too. We got too. some very bizarre answers. I, yeah, I'm just like, what? Favorite portable food, and by by this, I was hoping to get suggestions recommendations for like kind of on the go food like if you're in your car or you're out like walking somewhere like a walking taco yeah yeah basically and then we get uh what did someone say (laughs) nancy Nancy m said chapstick she said chapstick (laughs) i don't know why she please don't eat your chapstick don't eat your chapstick kids it's not recommended and then uh at I crave underscore 11 said plantain chips. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Plantain chips. Why not? Uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018 said protein bar. There you go. Fair play. Yeah. Yes. I, I've been known to. That's exactly what they're made for. I've been known to smash a protein bar before going to the gym mm-hmm. or something. And it's perfect. You just eat it on the go. Uh, Wonder and Sundry said sweet and salty granola bars, preferably with some dried cherries in them. Perfect. Um, this next one is kind of interesting. You want to read it? Go ahead. Uh, Bandaradisha said, uh, I think it's kati rolls, yeah. um, which is a street food originating in West Bengal. And it was uh, originally like skewer roasted kebabs wrapped in this uh, paratha bread. Um, which sounds delicious. Yeah, but now there's like many variants. So, I mean, walking taco, sure. It's like that version of it, you know, bread wrapped in, in meat. Sounds delicious. <laughs> and you it can really eat it on does. the go. There you go. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I think this person's just pulling our leg. Right. Um, at Inspiration Sucre Sally said ravioli. Ravioli. Maybe. So you just carry it in your hand with some sauce? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Take they. A bite. It's like that scene from The Wedding Singer where the old <laughs> that's lady puts a, that's meatballs a good meatball. in Adam Sandler's hand. <laughs> I'm out of, I'm fresh out of Tupperware. (laughs) (laughs) Just put it in the hand. So ravioli. I don't know. Okay. Oh, uh, now here's, here's another good one. Um, E. Rochka said cottage cheese with a jammy egg in a Talenti container. Talenti is a, yeah, like it's, it's an ice cream. Like the, it's the boutique yeah. gourmet ice cream. Yeah, it's like a little clear. pint jar. And so apparently that's thing. a thing, is like, what do you put in the Talenti container? It's kind of like, you know, all the mason jar dishes that you see blowing up Pinterest. Like people oh, so that's do a, like that is a thing? It's a thing. Because oh. if you Google Talenti container, you'll see all kinds of like Shut up. layered salads and smoothies and fruit things. In okay, so why why are you just dropping this on me now? Why have you not told me about this was before? It, was it critical information <laughs> that you needed to know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like one of those things where you'd be like, 
hey, I'm, there's this weird thing happening. I mean, to be fair, I was today years old when I learned about it oh, as well. So, okay. like, you know, this is not something I've been. Like, so you weren't hiding it from no, me. I wasn't sleeping <laughs> on, it, on it with you. So. Uh, and then lastly, our, our friend Mike T said a bagel. And that's perfect. Like mm-hmm. back in the day, I would have a bagel almost every day on, mm. on my way to work or walk into work or whatever. So uh, perfect. That's the answer I was looking for. Not None of this like ravioli nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So what is yours? Um... I would echo some of the, you know, if, if we're speaking like today, then it would probably be like uh, like a protein bar or something like that. Uh, maybe an occasional bagel. Something that's not going to stain your shirt when you're in the car <laughs> or walking or something. I have a feeling this person that eats ravioli has lots of like tomato stained shirts. <laughs> they have a whole closet full of them. Um, yeah, I mean... Do we really eat stuff on the go? I mean, we work from home. Well, see, that's we, the thing is I said, like, I actually said I don't have one. Yeah. But mine mine is kind of out of more of like, um. so some of the, some of you guys out there don't know this, but I had a, a really very bad eating disorder for many, many years. And one of the things about it was I was, I like just eating in front of people, God, I have a hair on my mouth, um, eating in front of people really used to frighten me and just give me the worst anxiety and it's still something that I don't really do unless we're at like some kind of food centric event like the state fair or if we're at a restaurant you you know otherwise I like you will never see me walking down a sidewalk like eating something it just doesn't happen I'm gonna change my answer speaking of uh state fair pork chop pork chop on a stick yes (laughs) that's my answer so if you see me out and about in public eating a pork chop on a stick and you're making fun of someone for eating ravioli I mean I'm sure they have ravioli on a stick like (laughs) a fried ravioli on a stick there I I would dollars to donuts they would I'm just now realizing the (laughs) absurdity of this topic (laughs) Should we move on to the book? Let's do it. All right. So flavor equation. So now, full disclosure, this is a pretty dense read because of the topic. So he dives pretty deep into kind of the science behind flavor Mm -hmm. and cooking. And I'm still digesting all that, no pun intended. So I feel like we can't really speak with any authority on that whole beginning uh bit of information within the book you know because mostly we just chose recipes and cooked from them Mm -hmm. which we loved and they were all awesome but i do want to mention that i think that speaks to nick sharma the author's skill as uh an author for cookbooks that he was able to create a pretty heady subject but yet the recipes are very accessible very approachable not intimidating well, the way, easy to execute. the way that the the actual like scientific information is presented is really palatable. And yes, he uses a lot of charts. Um, just a really great job with so all the science like me can understand. <laughs> but but don't let the huge amount of information within the pages discourage you. If you just want to cook the recipes, you won't be disappointed. Well, and here's the thing. You don't even have to. You don't really even have to read into all the science because part of the way the part of the way the book is organized 
um, it's kind of based on this whole thing called the flavor equation and the different components like sight, aroma, um, texture, whatever. And uh, uh, each recipe is broken down into different flavors. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to experience like one kind of flavor, like he does salty, he does bitter, he does heat, mm-hmm. you know, it's like then you'll understand what he's talking about. And and a really another really helpful part of this book is before the recipe, he kind of walks you through why this ingredient is added, why this ingredient is added, what doing this procedure to your food will do to it, and why the flavor outcome is as it is. Right. So he's really helping you try to understand the quote unquote rules mm-hmm. of, of you know flavor and cooking so that you can break them. Um, and this, I mean, this book would be equally at home on a nightstand for some bedtime reading. Mm, if you want to yes. dive into like all the, the technical information as well as in the kitchen, if you want to cook. So not unlike a good, uh, life partner, good in the bedroom and the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Johnny, your mom is listening. Picking up what I'm saying? (laughs) They know. Olive knows. She's making some noise over there. So uh, you want to talk about what we made, and then we'll kind of circle back and excuse me. Yes, specifics. Yes, I do. Um, So the things that we made from this book, we did uh, grilled hearts of romaine with chili pumpkin seeds. Uh, We did green beans with preserved lemons and creme fraiche. Um, spare ribs and malt vinegar and mashed potatoes. Uh, we also did a charred asparagus with gunpowder nut masala. A favorite. Mm-hmm. We did a grapefruit soda with a chai masala. God, we made a lot of things from here. I'm just, we, I'm going to keep going. This is the first book where I think we actually made eight, eight dishes. Things, yeah. Um, I think what threw it, uh, like, over that was the masala shrimp because that was kind of a last minute addition. Yes. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, this was the first book that I can recall that we made more than seven dishes mm-hmm. because we try and condense it into like a week's time just for social media posts and stuff. And this one went over. Yeah. And was, I am mad about it. No. And we also did a grilled spiced chicken salad with amateur, uh, chicken lollipops, and then the aforementioned masala shrimp. Yeah. Uh, what stood out <laughs> for you? Everything? Oh my God! Everything in this book. I have to say that the um, malt vinegar spare ribs. You were just talking blew about that. My mind blew. Like, oh, they were so good. So it's a lengthy, low and slow cooking time, um, which ensures that the spare ribs will be tender. Uh, probably best reserved for like a. You know, a day when you've got a lot of time, so mm-hmm. like a lazy Sunday or something like that. Um, malt vinegar, which kind of a surprising addition for us because well, I normally associate it with like fish, fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah. Um, and it's funny because we had a bottle. We had a bottle in the last pantry clean out we did. I think I threw it away because I was like, we never use this. And it was... Unless we have fish and chips. Yeah. And then look look what happens. And then we had to go buy more. Yeah. But I think that vinegar was, I don't know, it had weird stuff floating in it. Yeah, you know. So. Um, 
So I think uh, what oh. this was in a liquid of like brown sugar. It had some white wine in there. There was a blend of different spices. And then there was these garlic and chive mashed potatoes. Oh, the mashed potatoes were great. It was uh, you rice the potatoes and they get mixed with a little bit of olive oil and hot water. And then um, they end up getting you. uh, What you do is you take a couple tablespoons of oil, uh, some garlic and some nigella seeds and you just Briefly cook up the... Uh, or in our case, sesame seeds. Yes. <laughs> We've still not been able to find the jello seeds I, anywhere in I think in we just need to suck it up and order some. Although, you know what? Sesame seeds are just fine. Yes. But anyway, that little concoction gets uh, put over the uh, yummy potatoes. Oh, it was so good. I think there was exactly one rib remaining. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're eating them and we're just like, oh, I'm so full. Was that I'm going to get you sucker where Chris Rock? How much for one rib? Yeah. Am I misremembering <laughs> no, that? It might be from a totally different no, movie that's, or something. No, that's totally what I it is. I remember it was Chris Rock, though, and he walked in and he's like, how much for one rib? And, th- and then he's like, can you, d-? he holds, he cups out his hands and he's like, can you just put a little bit of Coke in here? <laughs> or like root beer. I don't know. He was asking for soda, but yep. it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. Love it. Um, what was, which was one of your favorites? I, I really like that masala shrimp and I know with your allergies, it prevents you from having it, but I've made it a couple times Boo. now. Since you then. have, you have. So we've, we've kind of leaned into this new thing where, where uh, Victoria is, is really a, a huge fan of steak. I'm, I'm indifferent about it. It's not something I crave very often. So we'll do these like surf and turf nights where you'll have a big giant steak that's like bigger than my head mm-hmm. and you'll you'll cook that up mm-hmm. and then I'll do um, lately I've been doing shrimp mm-hmm. because like I don't get to have it very often because you can't eat it. And so this uh, book was like the perfect opportunity to make the masala shrimp. Um, and I, I really feel like it. you made masala shrimp the last time. I did. Made, okay. Yeah. So I've reached for this book a couple different times to make those when we've had our surf and turf nights and uh, I love it. It's got a little bit of heat to it. Um, just a really great recipe. And so, yeah, masala shrimp. I think that's probably one of my favorites. Those uh, chicken lollipops oh. were really good. And they were they were a beauty to uh, to photograph. They packed a lot of heat. So if you're... They little, were very spicy. And I had horrible heartburn from them. Oh, and also the term lollipop, it just, it means that you detach the... Uh, you detach the tendons, so uh, the leg bone is all bare. Don't and they call showing. it Frenching or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll call it Frenching. You, you like it's what you know. You do it to like uh, racks of lamb, where you clear the meat off the bone. Yeah, same technique. And then uh, that grapefruit soda was great, and we actually <laughs> made the executive decision to throw a little bourbon in there, and uh, it was a welcome addition. Well, and here's the thing. It's weird for, it's the flavor, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It was very comforting and super refreshing at the same time. And I think like the comfort came from the spice of the, of the chai masala. Mm -hmm. And then there was this beautiful brightness with the grapefruit, but it's, it was like a very kind of confounding, just like a, the way it made me feel it was yeah. really it was very 
strange. I mean, all of these recipes really demonstrate like a expert hand at, you know, composing these because like everything made sense. Nothing was out of place or unwelcome. Um, well, and it he, just really speaks to his skill as a as a recipe developer, right? And here's the thing: is like he's taking so like we did two different dishes, like that are just like side dishes, like uh, the green beans, and then there was also the asparagus. And basically, he takes one or two little ingredients to just kind of blow the whole dish up. Like you can take the like charred asparagus and then you put this uh nut gunpowder on there yeah can we and talk it, about that you love the gunpowder oh it was great so basically what you do is you pulse cashews and pumpkin seeds with dried red chilies there's a whole heap of them uh curry leaves sesame seeds and asafoetida which is a, an ingredient that doesn't get much love or use in Western cooking, but, you know, hugely popular in India, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, if you've ever had the uh, pleasure, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> of smelling it in its raw form. Oh, the aroma it smells is like so... A diaper. The, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> the aroma is deeply unpleasant. But when activated by heat, it the that flavor... It doesn't taste like it smells. No. That's the, that's the thing. But it smells terrible. I don't think anyone would eat it if it tasted the no. way it smelled. But uh, we've got a jar in our pantry that we use from time to time. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's, I can't even really explain. I, I don't, I'm not aware of any substitute that would be adequate if you didn't have any on hand. It is really kind of a unique thing all its own. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, anything else about these dishes? I know. Uh, I think we pretty much... Sh- Covered by the book, people. I mean, we didn't really talk about the uh, grilled romaine or the amateur chicken. I mean, equally as awesome. The, yeah, they were. Yeah, s- yeah. and it, not the first time we've done a grilled romaine salad, but it's always like and and in the book he talks about how grilling that romaine kind of transforms the the texture and taste because the outer leaves get nice and soft, mm-hmm. and then the the inner ribs still retain that that crunch. crunch yeah. So it's it's like. Uh, a really nice uh, transformation of the, of that ingredient. So, it's kind of my preferred method of salad eating. God, that's <laughs> such an asshole. That sounded so. That dumb. sounds very pretentious. <laughs> hey, do you have a preferred salad eating method? <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Let me tell you. God, I'm an asshole. Oh, sorry. Well, before we move on to our rankings, yes. let's discuss the most critical. Amazon reviews, right. um, and I jumped on there, and I found a couple, and uh, amazingly, there was a, a one-star review. You want to read that one? Yeah, this, this is, is this is from this guy named Laird. If that's your real name, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Laird. Disappointed. One place in the description mentioned that it was a book on Indian cooking, and I missed it. Well, I mean, okay. Um <laughs> I was prime. I was primarily interested in books on practical food science. The general food science portion of this book mostly revolved around chemistry, and chemistry is not my song suit. Strong suit. Well, duh. But he cooking wants to learn is, about food science. Cooking is chemistry. Um, okay. 
Sure. Uh, I enjoyed the food lab on food and cooking and salt, fat, acid, heat much more. And th- and that's valid because I think th- that was something we haven't mentioned yet. But if you are familiar with those books and own them and appreciate them, then this book is right up your alley because it kind mm-hmm. of follows in those footsteps. Um, I could see how someone might prefer some of those ones over this or vice versa. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think this person was on the right track. I just don't know why they didn't, di- why they disliked it so much and why they well, missed but, that it was kind of like coming from an Indian cooking perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Okay. And then uh, the, the only other critical review I found was from Kate and she gave it three out of five stars. She said, good, but not quite what I hoped for. I found myself comparing this book unfavorably with my favorite food science books, namely Brave Tart and The Food Lab. Or the charming, witty introduction to flavor construction, salt, fat, acid, heat. This was good, but I'm not rushing out to try the recipes or boggling at the revelations. And Sharma's voice wasn't quite as winning. If I could recommend a food service book, I'd pick food one of Food science book. Oh, did I say food service? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I am a good my listener. My lips were moving faster than my brain. <laughs> um, I'd pick one of the other three. And, that, and that's what I was saying. Like, I think that's valid. Like... People might have preferences over uh, one over the other. And uh, yeah, so fair. All right. Don't agree with it, but fair. Okay. Um, let's move on to our rankings. All right. What did you give it for food, photography, and styling? This was an interesting one. I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Nick takes all the photos himself. Yep. They're very dark and moody mm-hmm. with the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um. There were some macro shots of like the raw ingredients mm-hmm. that sometimes would take up an entire page. Um, I didn't dislike them. It's not necessarily my style or preference, but I can appreciate them. Um, no, what I noticed more than anything was uh, throughout the f- the book. There's photos of like brown hands in the in the photographs. You know, probably Nick Sharma's. Yes, and. It just kind of makes you realize like how uncommon that We're is. We're so cookbooks. used to seeing cookbooks filled with white people. Yeah, it's all white people. And why is that? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, institutionalized racism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that could be one thing. I think maybe you're onto something. I might be. But no, I mean, it, it, that was just the thing that like jumped out at mm-hmm. me because you realize like how uncommon it is. It really is. Yeah. So um, there you go. But uh, yeah, I, di- I didn't dislike the photos. They're just not uh, not our style personally, but I can appreciate them. Not our style. Well, yeah, I don't take photos like that. Yeah. But I like them. I wish yeah. I could. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four as well. Um. There was something really weird. There is one thing that kind of was weird to me. It was like the four pa- the the four panel photos. I always, if, for some reason, I feel like the maybe, and this is probably more uh, layout or whatever. Or there is also um, a lot of two panel photos, but yeah, that for would probably for spacing for spacing reasons, there's. Um, or like aspect reasons, obviously there's like the border, the margins on the top and bottom. For me, it's 
it was very unpleasant to look at. Okay. But I actually really do like the photos. They're the way he takes photos of um liquids like vinegars, there's one very specific shot that I'm thinking of. And I don't know how he did it. I think it was like done from clear glass and it's just like uh undershot and it's got liquid and he had a photo of different vinegars and it's just like so was it kind of like uh, when you were in school and they'd have the slide yes. with the liquids on it? Okay. Yeah. Right. And it, Maybe it, that's where you got the inspiration fantastically And it beautiful. kind of ties in with the whole science It's very science-y, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I gave it a four. Okay. So we're on the same page with that. Uh, design and layout. What'd you get for, for that? I gave it a four as well. Okay. Um, okay. So the first part, like I was saying before, is it's uh broken into what the equation is for flavor and that's emotion sight sound mouth feel aroma taste um and he kind of dives into each of those elements and then the actual um recipe part it's part 2 and it's broken down into like the seven seven different elements of flavor mm-hmm. which uh um I'm not going to list them all, but each recipe is designed to like highlight that recipe. And what I also really liked um, before the recipe is that um, he has this little section called the flavor approach. Yep, That was in my notes too. Um, Yeah. I'll actually let you talk about that. Um, So I thought it was a very, very nicely laid out book. Yeah. Uh, I also gave it a four and I think the challenge with a book like this is there is a lot of information. And how do you present that in a way that's all of says hi, but people, <laughs> uh, how do you present that in a way that kind of makes sense is easy to digest? Um, I thought he did a pretty good job at uh-huh. it. There's a lot of illustrations in there, which uh-huh. give you kind of a visual representation of, of, you know, the information that he's putting out there. Um, you had mentioned that the recipe, each one has uh, an introductory uh, section called the flavor approach, mm-hmm. where he really goes deep into the whys behind um, the ingredients in the dish and like, you know, what they're doing, why they're included, um, and then provides examples of, of it. I, I thought it was it was really, you know, it's it's a lot of information to digest, but it's easily understood mm-hmm. with this layout. Um, so I, I had no issue with it. I, I think it was a Herculean challenge to right? pull that off. And I think he did a pretty good job. So anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Degree of difficulty. I gave it a three. Okay. Um, oh, I do feel like a lot of the recipes that we chose were easy. were on the easier side. Um, but no shortage of ingredients. I mean, a lot of the recipes had, you know, a good dozen or more that that is true i i think like that could scare off some people yes if you you were just looking at it on on its surface on you know taking a a cursory look at the at the page um i thought this is where this book really excels is that he was able to take a pretty like heady topic and break it down um in ways that's it's it's easy to understand if you want to really like read all the information at the beginning of the book the the science behind stuff 
great. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and each chapter, uh, uh, you know, that has like some pages of introductory materials that kind of go deep into each flavor profile that we were talking about. Um, I lost my train of thought. See, I'm, I'm thinking too hard, Thady. I'm sorry. Um, no, but but I thought like the recipes themselves are pretty accessible and pretty approachable. Yeah, and that that's that's a real accomplishment that he was able to. You know, if you just want to pick up this book and get cooking, which is kind of what we did, mm-hmm. and so I don't feel comfortable talking in great depth about all of the science material. Um, if you just want to cook recipes, go for it. And I don't think you need to be like a super accomplished cook to do so. No, um, I gave it a three as well. Okay. And um, if that's all you're you're after, then go nuts because these recipes are great. Yeah. I mean, we, we enjoyed everything that we made. Um, and then if you want to, you know, like I said, take this book up to the bedroom and like, <laughs> read it before you go to sleep. <laughs> Maybe it's not, uh, you know, inspiring for uh, Right. For other that's not good bedroom but, material. But, Come on. you know, if you're looking to like... <laughs> Drop some knowledge before you turn in for the night. Then um, you'll dream about food all night. Yeah, D- no. So <laughs> I, great book. I had no, I had no complaints about the degree of difficulty. I thought this was a pretty accessible book. You? Um, taste. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I thought it was a very accessible. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you give it for taste? What was that? That was <laughs> weird. Um, I gave, of course I gave it a five. Yes. I mean. The 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 flavor profiles and all the dish were on in like all the dishes were like nicely complex. Yep. Um. And I I feel like he accomplished his mission. Uh, you know, like the mission of giving great examples of all these different of all these elements of flavor. Yep. Um. And it, for anyone familiar, if you enjoyed his previous book, Season, which mm-hmm. we, we featured in our feed, we actually featured it twice because we used that when, uh, you know, pre-pandemic times when we were doing a weekly cooking class at a, at a place nearby here in Chicago, we actually chose that book and, mm-hmm. and, and worked through an, a whole entirely different set of dishes mm-hmm. um, for the classes each week. Um, so we got a lot of experience and, and mileage out of that book. And, and this is, I, you know, I think if, if you enjoyed that book, this is, you know, just from the recipe perspective, it's kind of a continuation of that yeah. with the addition of all this like big brain smart stuff. And I have to say, if you don't follow Nick on Twitter, you should, because it's all food Photos of his garden. He's got an amazing garden. Photos of his uh, dog Paddington, and like photos of his lovely husband. And then also he does a lot of writing for the Guardian. Um, so a lot of that is uh, he'll post recipes that he writes for the Guardian. And then I think he he writes for another major paper. He does recipes for another major paper too. There you go. Um, He's a very, very busy man. Get that money, Nick Sharma. Do yeah. it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be a hustler when you're in this biz, right? Um, if you enjoy the show, please rank and review it. Uh, follow us on social media at We Cookbooks. Uh, uh, that's our Facebook, and our Instagram is at We under slash Cook underscore Books. 
Underslash? Is that a new thing? <laughs> Wait, did, did I say that? <laughs> Unders- said, underscore. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Underslash. All right. Uh, you know what time it is. Make me laugh. Joke time. It's been a, it's been a while since I've been funny. It's, yes, it's it overdue. has. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this guy was uh, on a walking holiday in Ireland. Okay. As you do. Mm-hmm. He became thirsty. So he decided to uh, stop at a home and ask for something to drink. As you do. As if you do. If you're in America, they'd probably greet they, you at the door with a gun. They'd shoot you, right? Yep. But in Ireland, they're a more friendly bunch. Right? They'll welcome you into the house, as this lady did. And... Uh, this invited. sounds like the setup for a porn movie. Or, or, or a, a good clean joke. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> so she invites him in, serves him a bowl of soup by the fire. That sounds lovely, huh? But not not if you're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruining your joke. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> I think you got something to drink, too. But the, my point was there was a wee pig running around the kitchen. A oh, wee oh, pig. A wee pig. <laughs> And he's running up to this visitor, giving him a great deal of attention. And this guy <laughs> says, uh, he'd never seen a pig this friendly. You going to be okay over there? <laughs> no. And the woman replies, oh, he's not really that friendly. That's just his bowl that you're using. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. I will bid you good day. <laughs> good day. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>